0: Hey Boss Mama, my name is Laura Katanen and my big dream is that mothers are valued as an asset in the business world with equal opportunities to pursue their dreams while showing future generations what is possible with the right mindset. I'm a dreamer and doer by nature who loves the challenge of bringing dreams to life. I went from corporate change leader to entrepreneur, wife and mom all around the same time. This brought on massive identity shifts which encouraged me to wake up and rethink everything I believed and valued about myself and life. By learning how to expand my mind, I was not only able to ignite my soul's purpose and passions, but also elevate my business and life in quantum leaps. I want the same for you, which is why I am here to talk about the mindset required to dream bigger and the simple steps you can take to bring your dreams to life so you can shine brighter, sharing your remarkability, and making the impact in the world only you can. Besides getting vulnerable, sharing my personal journey and lessons learned, I also interview pioneers paving a new way for all women. Even though women have orbited our planet as astronauts, there is still an unconscious cultural bias around mothers in the workforce, which is why it's time to start thinking differently about our power in the world. If this resonates with you, grab your headphone, and your favorite beverage and let's dive into the topics that challenge and motivate us to have the right mindset and keep going despite the roadblocks and chaos around us as we juggle this thing called boss mama life sending you love light and lots of imagination as we dive into our next episode welcome back to the boss mama's mindset i am so excited to talk to our guest today Um, You know, the universe has just such a magnificent way of connecting people at the right time. And just when my world was opening up with the concept of slowing down and speeding up and wanting to enforce that message with my audience, Diana walked into my life. And Diana Olenek is an engineer and business systems and VR strategist. Her passion is to help and inspire entrepreneurs towards the realization that streamlining their businesses through the right systems, automations, and lean practices is the only way to achieve more freedom from their business and therefore more fulfillment in their lives. She calls this a minimalist business because the simpler the operations, the better results you can get as you focus more on what is important, your strategy. So I'm just really excited. Diana is also the founder and creator behind the magazine M4Women, and we're going to talk all about that project and what it's taken for her to get that dream started and what her big dream is for it. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here, Diana. Thank you so
1: much, Laura. It's very, very exciting for me to get to meet again and to say hello to everybody who is listening right now.
0: So Diana, I am just so interested. Have you ever read the book Atomic Habits? Yes, yes I did. So James Clear is the author of this book for anyone listening, and I just love this book. And the reason I love it so much is because it breaks down the three levels that really, you know, support change and being somebody that loves change so much. I am a big fan of making it simple for people. Um, But he talks about your minimalist concept in a way, And, and he says, you know, winners and losers have the same goals. What sets them apart is their system of continuous small improvements. So he says it's not the results that the results have little to do with the goals. It's more about the systems and the processes that are in place to achieve those results. So does this resonate with you? And Tell us more about your journey, you know, finding minimalism. Mm, thank you so
1: much. Yes, of course, the topic is a passion for me. First of all, as an engineer, I was trained to think in terms of systems. And I am afraid when I say systems, people seem to tend to think in platforms or apps or the technology part. But the system that I speak about is not about that. In fact, it's about the efficiency methods that we use to make things faster, easier, less expensive. So this is key in business. Uh, I was training in management and strategic management in the university. And when I started working, my very first job was actually in an agency doing that with the small businesses. But I was a consultant, so I was employed. And the experience was so great for me, I said, wow, this job is awesome, like meeting so many new people every time, going to different businesses, helping them to create these systems. And it all happened under, uh, which I'm very grateful that it happened in that uh, under that framework, which is called the standard ISO 9001. And that standard is um, like, a, like a manufacturing. It was more like a manufacturing at the time, but then it evolved also to services and any type of companies in the world about standardization. So standardization calls for how we can do things that are done the same every time and with less operations, so to be more efficient. So when I say that I'm glad that I learned all of this structure under that framework is that it gave me like a real like method to work with the with small business owners and I could see the results. So I became passionate about that. Then later on, I moved to Canada and I, didn't, I couldn't get a job as an engineer because the engineering degree in Canada has to be um, accredited. And um, no, people from other countries cannot just work in Canada like that uh, when they want to work in regulated occupations and engineering happens to be an engineering reg, um, regulation, so regulated occupation. So I came and I was, I had other type of jobs. I worked as a, as a financial um, advisor at the bank. I also took studies in finance and When I go back to my life, I realize, wow, I I really done many things I wanted, but I didn't want my life to be like that. I wanted my life to be simple, streamlined, like just one line where I get a job, I just have a family, I could become maybe successful in the way that I want in my own career. Maybe later I can pursue a master's or something like that. And like that, nothing fancy. But for some reason, the life has given me so many turns that I've I've learned to adjust. And part of those turns were here in Canada, one of the most um, important ones for me. That the fact that I couldn't get a job easier, that was one that struck my ego directly and I had to get other jobs. And um, that gave me like, a little bit of an, an attachment of oh maybe i don't necessarily need to believe myself to be just an engineer maybe the life is trying to tell me something else so let's go with the flow and see what happens and also i went through a separation with a two year old boy it was super hard for me it was very painful that other situation put me into another transformation and I had to look for ways, of course, to survive and creative ways. And so that's why it seems that I am in many things, but at the same but at the same time, these type of situations have taken me to the realization now about um how how the things that we do. And just to finalize this answer <laughs> it, about the minimalism, it comes at the point where. After a while, I was able to finally get a job in engineering. And I discovered that when I didn't have the job, I craved so much to have a job. I said, I need a job because my kid, because this is what we think of, right? We think that we need a job, that we need that money or that support to live because the society says to everybody that that's the only way. Anyways, I don't know how to explain this properly with common words from the world, but I survived and I promise you that I didn't have a job, but I survived and the kids survive, And so how was that possible? That gave me a realization that is, wow, mind blowing because now, of course, I'm not afraid of not having a job because I've been there. I've been in hell, let's say. It was very hard for me. Right now, it doesn't look like that, but it was very, very painful. And so when I had the job, in engineering, I discovered myself working 12 and 14 hours sometimes and not because I wanted, but because the job required that. That is like a huge leap from not having a job and then working 12 to 14 hours and now saying, what if I wanted to get a job to support my kid and now I cannot be with the kid? What is this? if I want to be with my kid, but at the same time, I don't want to be totally separated of the kid. Sometimes I, I left at five in the morning and I came back at 11 and like that. So I, I couldn't see the kid. And for me, it was very, very difficult. So also in this type of, um, of society, uh, I mean, I come from South America and the place where, where I come from is actually very poor And I come from a very cool family um, also, just to disclose this. And I actually, when I um, came to Canada, it was for me like, wow, there are so many things that you could have in this country. This is amazing. That's why immigrants come to Canada, many immigrants, actually, because it seems that the uh, quality of life is better and is better, but also very easily we fall into buying a lot of stuff. Right or, or having or wanting to live the lifestyle that we say that the publicity says that we need, which is the beautiful house, the beautiful car, and all of this. So of course I dream of all of those things. I am a human, of course, and I realize then at some point also with having very like a lot of working 12 or 14 hours and sometimes coming back home and having to clean a lot having to organize because honestly I like to be organized I like to be you know like neat I feel that that's very important for me at least and I I found myself very in a very challenging environment having to organize toys, you know like when it come, becomes very very messy with toys. I saw myself with many toys because working 12 to 14 hours for some reason, I tended to to buy more toys. <laughs> Um, it's like psychologically, I felt that I needed to do it. And it was just my son and myself. And sometimes my mom actually came from Colombia and helped me to see the kid. Sometimes I had to leave even for weeks for this job. And so when I came back, I go to the store, buy a gift, and receive the kid with a gift. So it became crazy. I accumulated a lot of toys, a lot of stuff. At some point, I opened the drawers of the kitchen and I saw many, many gadgets, many things that I'm like, but I'm not even here. I don't even cook a log. Why? I am doing all of this to myself. This this doesn't seem to make sense. And so then I started to research, investigate. I found the minimalism philosophy. I feel that when you're prepared, the master is there for you. So these type of resources came to me. I started to study. I started to implement them. And then I discovered a total shift in my own perspective, in my own life, and how I was really, really confused. Now I can say with kindness to myself, I was just confused. But this is an ongoing process, of course. And yeah, so this is part of the journey. And um, this is how I came to know about minimalism.
0: There's so much that you've said that I want to highlight and just reiterate because it's such beautiful wisdom and I think a lot of women need to hear this right now especially with the impact of the pandemic and being you know isolated in a way and feeling that maybe stuckness um, where they thought their life would be a certain way but this pandemic has really shifted us and 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 you know, you said, I've had to learn how to adjust. I mean, we've all been adjusting over the last year in many ways, right? But when we can look at life as not being linear, it just never is, right? And we understand that in fact, it's the beauty of it not being linear that really gives us the blessings. And if you hadn't gone through what you went through, then you might not have ever discovered minimalism and been where you're at today, right? So it's that ability to look at the the, the gifts, even though it can feel overwhelming um, in the process, right? Um, yeah. And So I also wanted to and say that, you know, I thank you so much for sharing your, your background and Sharing that you didn't grow up in in a wealthy um, environment because I think that a lot of the times we forget that our past doesn't have to define our future, and so this is something that you've also really raised, and I and I want to say thank you for that. Um, what is it like as a boss mama for you um, now? Can you share more about how many children you have and and where you're at in this boss mama stage, how do you make it all work? Mm
1: -hmm. Thank you. Yes, I have two kids. Uh, One is eight years old now, the boy, and the girl is two and a half years old. And yes, they are, of course, as you know, the soul of my life. Um, I, I have to confess that before I had kids, At some point I thought that maybe I were not gonna have kids because some part of my personality was maybe I'm not very good, very patient uh, at that with kids. But wow, such a discovery later on to see that I really actually now want to be the best possible mother. And for that, I have to look for ways that can support me to fulfill this dream that I have and also to fulfill the biological and the role that the life has for me right now as a mom. So the way that it is in, in the present is that my kid, of course, uh, the, the boy goes to school here in, here in Canada. It's, uh, the school is open. And we stay uh, during the day with Penelope. That's her name. And what we do with my husband, he's, he's a very supportive for, uh, person, of course. He helps me with is adjusting the schedules. His job is also very flexible, and he's also from home. And uh, He's also an engineer, so we adjust schedules so when I have to fulfill certain uh, tasks or things that I want to do, he takes care of Penelope or vice versa. That's what we do. But what I actually really, really try to do is to I like to keep the mornings for this type of things, where it's just like enjoying, talking, or this like this. And of course, the mornings are, are me, it's like a simple routine, but for me it's very, very important. I before also the ending that I was able to be the person who could wake up at five in the morning or early. And by studying also I realized wow, sometimes I, I've been thinking that I like to have a long life. Um, so the way to have a, a long life, let's say in the present, is to actually wake up earlier, <laughs> because the days would be longer, and also because I'd be able to have the time that I need for myself. Sometimes we feel uncomfortable with the fact that ah, I cannot be a good mother and I cannot be a good, you know, professional at the same time, because two those two things get totally. You know, like my attention, how can I be good at both? So for me, I'm, I don't want to say that I'm like my 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 schedule or my things is the perfect way because everybody's life is different. But I, of course, try to find resources or creative resources to make it work. And for me, waking up early, that's what allows me to have more time for myself, the one that I'm not going to crave later. Then Penelope wakes up. I made the breakfast, I am there for them. In the mornings, I now that recently they opened the, the gym again, I like to do yoga. They have a hot, a, a hot yoga studio that I really, really enjoy. And I feel that after I do that, I feel like I'm ready for the world. I'm ready for you know, my mom job in the mornings. And I'm ready for my uh, the things that I like to do in the computer, creations, writing something or things like that in the afternoon so that's what I try to do my goal is actually in the future to uh, speaking about dream dream bigger <laughs> uh, is to actually um, demonstrate how we can actually I am very inspired by team Ferris. actually how we can actually work less because this is the philosophy of minimalism. It's like a it's like a philosophy of minimalism in business. That's what I've always uh, tried to bring. Um, how we can work just half of the day and have the same goals? Because you know there is this um, this law that is um, it goes hand in hand with the 80 20 rule or the Pareto principle, which is that the more time you have the more longer you're going to take your activities. So why we don't then create a way for us that is supportive where we can spend half of the time with the family, for example, and half of the time with our professional goals. That is totally possible. Just that the society made us believe that we needed to work eight hours or more. But that is absolutely not true. And the other thing that I do to help myself with that is that I got myself an assistant. So that's how it works right now.
0: Wow, super. I mean, having a morning practice is really important. It saved my life as well. So I love that. Um, people that don't like to wake up early, um, there's lots of ways that you can you can incorporate that. But I think that's such a good tip. And a lot of successful people, they will tell you that's part of their their successful habits is getting up and, and, and being able to start their day. They call it white space in their schedule and they preserve that. Um, really, it's really important. Um, And I think it's also nice, you and I both have the partner flexibility where we can, we can shift with, with the, with the partners. And for anyone listening that doesn't have that, or maybe you do, but you just haven't had the conversations with your partner. I think it's really important to move us into this new age that we're living in with, you know, like a virus hitting. I mean, we all have to pitch in and we all have to, to share the workload. So I think that's really a, such a, a profound you know way to look at relationships and in in a way that you know i would encourage so many more women out there to have those conversations with your partners you never know what is possible until you have that conversation you know um, so i did pull a card before we got on because i wanted to know what is the big message or what will be important for this conversation? And you touched on something um, that I feel like now is the time to reveal the card. So I pulled from the goddess um, guidance oracle card deck and I pulled Sedna, she is about infinite supply. Um, you are supplied for today and all of your tomorrows. And so it reminds me of a couple of things you've discussed, You know, losing your job or not having a job and wrapping up your identity around that but then realizing that you are okay. Um, even without the job, because our lives are so much more than our jobs, right? Um, But it also is about that we can't give unless we've been able to receive. And what you're talking about with your morning practice is that's your time to receive so that you're able to give to your family. And so that's what Sedna is all about. She, She really says that in order to be you know, what you are meant to be in this life, you've got to figure out the balance of giving and receiving and knowing that you're taken care of, taken care of when you feel like you might not be in that situation. So I think that our card is perfect for this conversation. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That's pretty
1: cool. I never, never heard about that and never saw this type of approach
0: in a podcast. That's amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. So, I would love to know, people are probably listening are thinking, okay, by the way, when you talk about Tim Ferriss, um, I read the four hour work week. Is that one of the books you read? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So just for anybody that's listening, I think that's a great way to start to, to, to what Diana is talking about, to be able to see how can you do the same, but with less time. I loved that book. Um, so why don't you break down for some from for the listeners, you know, what are some systems or or things that you've put into place um, that you feel are essential in order to lead this kind of minimalistic life that you see maybe as mistakes or common roadblocks for people? But if they would do this, if they would implement this, you know, one or two things, that they would really see a difference in their business, in their life.
1: Yes, thank you. I actually out of studying lean lean practices, and what is beautiful about this is that it, there is no coincidence because when I was in engineering, I studied lean 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 management. And also part of these um, efficiency methods that are right now, and actually the foundation of platforms like Asana. Trello and all of this is the Kanban method, which is the cards method, and that all comes from the Japanese philosophy, and it's not a coincidence because where minimalism comes from, it comes from like the Japanese philosophy. So I found later on again the Japanese philosophy. It has been following me. <laughs> so um, I, by studying this, I realized that. There is also a philosophy that is called Kaizen in, Jap- in the Japanese language. Um, it means continuous improvement. And from continuous improvement is that I got inspired to create just a four-step, like very, very simple method. And this is called M. That's why also it's a little bit linked with the magazine, but it's all encoded, M4. <laughs> uh, because the method, the description of the method comes from minimalism and it happens to be with for c like remembering, it starts with M. So the first one, the first step is about meaning, which is that let's say this is not just for business, but it's actually for all their life. Let's say that we go to the mall and yes, it happens to me too, I always feel tempted. I say, no, I'm gonna be, we're just gonna get an ice cream for the kids no more. But then you start to see the beautiful things in the mall. <laughs> You start to see the blouses, the, and I am like that. Like I feel tempted. Like it's very, very tempted for me, tempting. But with the philosophy, what we learn is I really have clothes in the, in the closet and I don't wear them all. Of course, it's impossible. So no, I have to remember going back to the meaning okay, is this aligned with my purpose? And actually having to maintain this mission, like the ones that we are having, I have to learn to be very, very mindful. Otherwise the mission is not gonna work if I start to, say, to spend the resources that I have in just capricious things. So it's kind of like a mature, like the mind achieves a little bit of mature um, state. I'm not saying that I'm like, wow, but I just have to be more mindful. So the meaning, the first stage is the meaning. In a business, this is translated with where we want to buy all the tools that we see outside. When we are, when we want to, um, you know. Now I don't know if you if you notice, but you can see that wow, this is a good tool. You see, kind of like the the pulitzer or something, and then you realize, yes, the subscription is this amount of money. So to make a video, you need subscription. To make sound, you need subscription. To make um, writing, you need subscription. To make the post, you need subscription. Like it's a lot of things. So, but we can go always back to meaning and say, okay, would this help me to the final final goal of, for example, just trying to maintain this magazine, not in, not other things that come back that come in the future, not you know for the present also. So, going back to the meaning, it's like aligning with the purpose. It's like in the personal also development. The second one is called move, which is related with action, and in business. And in life, also Uh, applying this minimalist philosophy is about we have to make a list of all the activities that we make during the day in our own life or during or in the or in the business all the business activities, all sending the emails, what are the main things, what are the main processes that need to happen, the procedures, all of those activities. And then we do sort of like a cleaning. It's like when we do at home an inventory or let's see all the stuff that we have here in this desk. So I have these books, I have this, I have that. One of these I really don't need. So it's a declaring process. The move is a declaring process which happens in business. We clean out all the activities that we don't need and stay just with the ones. This is this is a fundamental step. If we miss this step, which most of, do, of us do, including me, <laughs> um, then we bring platforms. And what the platforms do is that increase the inefficiency because all, all the platforms for all these processes that we're going to follow are going to be working with activities that are totally unnecessary or that are not gonna add value to the final profitability goal. So after all of this cleaning has been performed, it's like we all all clean first and then we organize, then we create the procedures. This is where the standard operating procedures, how the business, online business managers call it. I I learned that terminology from them because I never heard about that. I just learned procedures from from, uh, quality management, uh, from the engineering, but, this is where we finally, after we clean, we say, oh, "Okay, this is a step one, two, three, four, Finance. This is a step one, two, three, four. The accounting process that I'm going to have, even if it's a small, small, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It has to be some old form form of organization, because when we start the business and we don't have like that structure, that's when we go all over, and then we end up sending emails, doing the booking, doing the accounting, preparing we ourselves, and that's that's what it doesn't work. Or actually, it's going to be more expensive. And that's not the smart. Also, that's why this is very important when we decide, OK, this is the time for, for me. I actually want to have an assistant. Yes, everybody's talking about virtual assistants. Let's get the assistant. And you get the assistant, and you don't have the systems. <laughs> How much, like, very expensive. The assistant is going to be super expensive when you don't have, hey, these are the procedures that I already created. It has to be created by you in general at the beginning because who else knows perfectly how the thing has to be run or what's the mission or what's, it has to be you. And then you give the procedures to this person who already is prepared now with a step-by-step is very, very more, is way more efficient because when you are telling them exactly how to do it, you already know that that's the most efficient way to do it. So they shouldn't be, you know, trying to guess how to do things. That's the idea. And right now, it's super cool because with these technologies that we have now, um, that are many of them are actually free, we can record procedures actually, telling the person, you go to this tool, you do this with the screen shading, you do this, this, this. And then what happens is that every time that a new assistant comes, you don't have to do the process again. And the person doesn't have to figure it out all again. So it's less hours, which means less money that you have to pay which is more money for you. So all of this is important. It's something very specific and it seems obvious, but we all miss all of those things. Then the third step is called um, meaning, uh, sorry, uh, the third step is called measure. And measure is about how we can make sure that those procedures that we wrote or those processes that we design are actually being really efficient. Like we, we designed them to be efficient, but how do we know that they are actually efficient? The only way is that we have to create performance indicators and performance indicators are when, for example, we do Facebook campaigns, we in those campaigns have to see was the, um, was the click, well, was the click per rate, like was the rate per click, sorry, that we are paying for that or in marketing, one that is typically is what's the engagement rate, for example, or the opening rate of the emails? Was there, was, how many people is um, opening the emails? What do I have to change? So this is typical, and we know in the, in the marketing area these numbers, these percentages, but we don't know that in a business, these type of indicators have to be for all the other activities. It doesn't mean that for every single thing that we do, there has to be an indicator. Of course not this is the mind of the CEO when it comes to, 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 to the actual strategy where it says, what do I need to know in order for myself to know if the system is working properly, efficient or not? So just the minimum things that I need to know. For example, I need to know if minimum, I need to know what's the cash flow and I need to know what's the profitability rate uh, after, after, of course, the net. Uh, and I need to know and one that i like is the performance of the team when we are building a team it's very important to to know i know that the interactions we're having interactions we're having team meetings but how do i know how they feel inside or how they are performing so having a perfor- like a performance evaluation can give you a percentage of knowing how how is there how is the level of how they how comfortable Com- comfortable they are inside working for my business this is important because if they are not happy they are not going to be able to treat the people that you are going to work with happy also like with good satisfaction and the other one that is important is the customer satisfaction of course uh, this one not many people send uh, um or, or locally here for example when i visit places You go to many small cafes, restaurants, and like that, and not every single time you receive something that wants to know how you felt, but this is super important. And with the small businesses, online businesses, we miss this a lot. So customer satisfaction, team performance, uh, the marketing, of course, the sales, the financial ratios, all of that is called measure. And then the final one is about maintaining, which is where the continuous improvement actually comes to place. Um, In order to maintain it, we have to make sure that every time that there are mistakes, for example, a mistake that happened yesterday (laughs) for me, is that my assistant sent the the wrong emails. And I always have to assume responsibility. she sent the emails, but I have to take always the responsibilities and it's not impersonal. I I don't have to take it because I am bad or I am missing something or I am. No, it's just a matter of a system. It's not about the people. It's not the people that is lacking the skills. No, they have the skills. They are perfect human beings. It's just that I have to adjust the system more to see how we can make it better the next time and refine it and refine it. So it's good. I think that one of the things that they like to work with me is that. I there are, there is room for mistakes. It has to be because it's the only way to to work. And I feel at the moment in Barras, I feel like the pressure. Like wow, the email wasn't wrong to all the people, and then I come back and I say it's okay everybody makes mistakes, it's all good, I'm gonna die one day, it's okay, we can fix it, it's, it's all fine. So that's how we do it, that is the M4 method, and now you have like a hint, a little bit of the M4 magazine and why, and the minimalism
0: and business and all of this, why, is my passion. <laughs> Thank you so much, I love that. You know, I was trained in Six Sigma in my corporate days, and I just love nice. all of the the leanness, I think it, it helps so much, right? And often we forget that we can, I love how you were giving examples of both business and personal life because um, a lot of the work that I do now, it starts with the inner work and the, the same principles apply when you're trying to manage your household and you're trying to manage, like it, it's, it's everywhere or manage yourself. Like the other day I was having a client, we were talking about becoming the CEO of your time. Often we allow time to take care of us or take control of us, but we have to have the same methods in place so that you can be the CEO of all aspects of your life. So I love that you gave both examples in all four steps. And I really hope everyone listening kind of heard that and was able to resonate and take away, like what area in your life right now do you feel like you should really dive into? Um, Is it the move and the action stage and really come up with your SOPs or their standard operating principles um, or maintain? And if you wanna reach out to Diana, I'm sure she would love to talk more about that and and to help. So thank you so much. Um, Okay, so as your point um, into the M4 Magazine, you know, you have this big dream with the magazine. I'd love for you to share it with everyone and sort of where you're at and in the stage and invite everyone in on this journey. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much.
1: Yes, the magazine was created as now you understand my story. You kind of can see now, wow, yeah, maybe she wants is inspired because she went to the, to the actual depths of pain at throwing, going through a separation. So my inspiration is, wow, what if another woman out there maybe is looking for some sort of, support, comfort or something that comes from an idea that she has that can be supported in this way by pulling information or experience from other people together to actually support that other people. Um, so that is one of the reasons. The other reason is maybe a creative outlet because actually I. that's why I love I actually really love the stage in, in which I am in my life right now because I used to complain a lot before about why I am not here or there where my my imagination says that I should. This has been super painful for me and I kind of deborah myself to I have to find a way where I can deal with this pain better. You know, every single thing for, for people, produces different type of pain we have different tolerances I used to be very sensitive for everything and I used to cry a lot for every single thing I became stronger actually after looking for my solutions for my own self like I saw myself so so sometimes depressed sometimes sad and I said no I have to find ways so but when I was in high school, what I have to say about the stories, how it's linked, I remember that I wanted to be a journalist. Or actually, maybe now that I analyze deeper, I wanted to write, which is different to be a journalist now that I think. And But I, I come from a very poor family. My parents didn't have the money for that. So I had to go to public university. And in the place that they accepted me was in engineering. So I took engineering. I, it seems very like for people when i say this story it's like wow like you really took whatever and i yes because when you are very poor you actually feel that everything is a gift and that's a good thing because you haven't seen other things you're like yes that is actually a blessing, give it to me. I will take it, I embrace it. And for other people who have a lot of you know, opportunities, they are, no, I'm more selective. I cannot do this, no, I just want more. I want something more refined, I want something. So that is my philosophy, like my culture, where I come from. Actually, now that I see it, it's like, yes, that was a blessing. I took it, I finished it anyways. So, but later on, I've been able in, in this journey myself, I've been able to see, I appreciate a lot, art and i've always thought i am not that artistic i am not creative because i was able to feed during so many years an identity of an engineering an engineer and engineers tend to be more rational you know like more methodic more not not the more like a, a man mind not like the creative and the creative part of of um artistic of women so uh, the the uh, magazine is actually an outlet for that, for the creative part. And the vision is to actually, I like I like technology, of course, too. Um, and I say that the magazine is a, a mix between education, technology, and business. So the idea of this is to create an art out of all of these three. It sounds like, what is this? <laughs> but yeah, there is a little bit of every, every in the magazine, there is a little bit of these ones. The art, the art parts, the art part comes from the storytelling that I want to create slowly. Of course, there was just the first issue and it, it, there is always room to do so many creative things. But my actual vision is to bring the stories in the written format and do it, bring them into a narrative way. Into some sort of radio that we're gonna put in the app. We're working on that right now. And also, where I'm not gonna be working all the time, it's automated, which is good. And also uh, the visual part. So I'm gonna start creating some sort of documentary type of series, like like short type of with the women saying their stories, but with more artistic things like the lady reading the book and then they are saying their stories like that is the vision and this is where it's going to support the actual magazine because the artistic part has to be there.
0: Every time we talk you inspire me on so many levels and I just I've gotten your vision from the first moment we spoke and I'm so excited about what you're working on and I I just, I'm, you know, everybody that's listening, I really encourage you to to join um, not only the magazine, but Diana's Facebook group. What do you have going on right now that you think everybody should know about?
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, every mission, you know, every founder, I feel myself as a founder eh, has to bring excitement for the mission. And we cannot bring the excitement just by staying quiet. Of course, we need to invite people to say, hey, please, this is the creation that we are making all together because this is not just one person creation, it's everybody's creation. Would you like to participate? It's all right. If not, we continue enjoying the journey and the process. And for that, of course, we need to to grow the the group. We need to grow the, the community. And for that, we created a giveaway where, of course, there are sponsors, ladies who participate and say, yes, I'm going to donate this type of beautiful work that I do. And with that, maybe people feel motivated also to invite more members to the community. And that is what is going on right now is just with the purpose of growing the community. I, I actually feel super, super growing a community is not easy. I just want to say it's not, not, not easy. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Um, these things take years and we are absolutely okay with the fact that I don't need to jump where it's not the place to be. It, this is the, the actual enjoyment. The actual enjoyment is to see something small right now because it's my presence. Why do I know that I don't that I don't need to have a big community? The reason is because I don't have it. That's why I know that I don't need it. I need exactly what is happening right now. So in that, I have a lot of enjoyment when I see one lady replying to the other. It's like, wow, this is pretty cool if we are able to create something that where people can make real friends or, you know, like for some reason, I really appreciate that the places where I can do in other groups myself. So what I want for myself, I want for other people to. I don't consider myself um, a leader in this at all. It's just that I like to create things. So it's pretty cool to make friends and speak with people. And that's what it is about. So this is what is going on right now, trying to grow the community to facilitate more connections for women.
0: Wow, well, I, you know, loved our conversation and there was so much um, genuine honesty and just, you know, wisdom from Diana that she shared with all of us today. And I love your passion. I'm so excited for your journey and our journey together um, as we continue to collaborate. And I guess, you know, my last question, I would be remiss if I didn't ask this. What's your biggest mindset hurdle right now? What are you dealing with um, that you're trying to overcome? I think that
1: because I am, I am, I entered in a, in this journey of mindfulness. I feel that mindfulness has been my my like relief from all this that confusion that I told at the beginning that I had. So my challenge right now is to actually I, I feel that I live in two worlds. The 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 world 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 <laughs> where I have to act as if Normal, you know, like as if, and my other internal world where I am in a process of discovery, where I I need to learn to 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 manage better my mind to actually not feel that I have to have that division. That's what I mean. So my struggle every day, I say in that, and and that's why I practice yoga. That's why I do all of these things. It's kind of like the journey is taking you itself to when you're trying to seek for something that same something is taking you to, to there is what I feel. So my struggle is to actually come into a communion of there is there is not an actual world outside. My mind is always trying to interpret that. How is it? How is it that it is? How is it that it is? How can I develop more that of that um, awareness of that, is not outside. There is no people outside. It's just my own uh, journey, okay? I- I'm not trying to impose this in anybody. It might sound crazy, but this is how the journey is taking for me. So how is there is no people outside? How there are no trees outside? How there are no cars outside? How come that everything is created inside? So that is that like the process where I am right now, and of course, continue to be present. So sometimes I get bothered for things, right? For little things, which is no, like, I am not perfect. I am in this journey, and sometimes when I see myself bothered for that after the after the fact, I say, "Ah, I failed. It's all right. Why?" And then I try to to sometimes blame myself. Ah. I forget, I forget, forget, forget. So I have to practice more and more. So that is my my struggle right now. I, I mean, it's not a struggle. It's just a, a, a journey, a learning, a, a realization that happens every, very often.
0: It's helpful because as you said, nobody's perfect. We're all on a journey. And I think it's super helpful because a lot of the times people will look at, you know, you have a magazine and you look so put together and, oh, your life is so perfect. And I I really like what my intention of this podcast was to keep it real, to share with everyone, like, look, we're all in a different place in our journey. We can't judge a book by its cover. We got to get to know people. We got to know where they've come from. You've shared a lot that is, you know, super authentic and real and can help so many people through the stories, you know? So thank you again, Diana, for being here, for sharing your journey and for for sharing your mindset hurdles and your dreams and, you know, just everything. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you so much. Laura,
1: God bless you and God bless every single one of you, all your families who are listening to this all just peace and love for you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you all for being here. We really hope that today's episode talking about minimalism and just how to make your life more simple, um, but still reach your dreams, gave you a lot to think about. We'd love to know. So let us know, leave a comment and a rating what resonated with you the most. And until the next episode, I'm just sending you so much love, light and a lot of imagination. Dream big. Dream even bigger, ladies. You can do everything that's in your mind.